0: Hi everyone. Welcome back to Find me in a Book Podcast. I'm your host Tav. Ooh-hoo-hoo. If you're like me, you have gone crazy this past week with excitement, hopefully, for this this podcast, this episode, because we are going to be going over episode three from the Crushed series. So this book is called Covet by Tracy Wolf. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Amazing. I honestly have not started the fourth one still. And we're going to be going over the fourth book next week. But I kind of wanted to read it with you guys. And I want you to read ahead. I mean, hopefully, I don't know if you're going to read these books. If not, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm talking about them more of an in-depth synopsis, and we're just gonna, you know, celebrate together, we're going to go crazy together, I'm just really excited, um, because this book is so freaking good. Also, if you listened to last week's episode, I really, really hope you did, but also I made a dumb mistake. I somehow thought, I don't know why I didn't check on this, I somehow thought and said that the book was 9,000 pages or 8,000 pages. I can't remember which one I said, but I freaking said that. And no, it absolutely is not. That would be insane. These books are about like 600 to 800 pages, not thousands. And I apologize for that mistake because I'm sure some of you were like, oh my gosh, this girl's on drugs. Like, how is she reading 9,000 pages when my books are only 800? So... I apologize for that. That is my bad. And yes, this one is about 800, 850-ish pages, I want to say. So it's a pretty hefty book, but it's intense. And seriously, I don't think I was bored in any of it. There was no downtime for them, for these characters. And it just keeps going. And you're going to learn all about it because this is going to be quite... I don't know how long this podcast is actually going to be. But I have a feeling it's going to be quite long, which I'm going to try and, like, summarize things as much as I can. But just know that there's so much more detail than what I can go into during this podcast that I still very recommend that you go back and read this so that you can see all of the details of these characters, of their situations. It's just magical. It's so good. I freaking love it. So, on the spicy scale, it's about... 2.5 2.5 out of 5 like there's some moments that are like kind of intense and makeouts, and there's like some fade to black so there's like literally no no signs no tells that say that they have toast I'm pretty sure they did at one point but honestly there's like no description or situation so you're pretty safe on that part. Still 100% recommend it to my mom and sister. I think my sister's like halfway through the fourth book. So I got to catch up. And I forgot to take my books with me to Idaho, which is where my mom is at. I forgot to take them with me when I went this past weekend. So my mom still has not decided to read them. Um, Actually, I think she did decide to read them because we kind of told her a little bit about the story. But she can't. I mean, she can on her Kindle, but I doubt she wants to buy them. Uh, so I just need to take them. Some Someday. Someday she will, she will read them. There's still some occasional swearing in this podcast, so just so you're aware, it's very, very minimal. And it's mostly done by, like, Jackson and Hudson. Uh, I think Grace maybe says, like, a couple words, but that's pretty much it. Like, very, very mild. And just so you're aware again, I mean, I know I said it last week, but especially this week as well, there are spoilers, all of the spoilers. And I recommend if you don't want to know all of these spoilers yet, to not read it. To start at the first book, start reading that, and then listen to the podcast as you go. But if you don't mind spoilers, definitely keep listening because It's wild, and we're gonna go over all of it. And I will tell you from the get go that all of these books have ended in cliffhangers, and this one is not any different. Like it ends in a cliffhanger, and y'all, it literally is always the last sentence that gets you. Always the last sentence. So I am going to tell you that last sentence at the end of this podcast. So stay tuned for that because it really hypes you up for the fourth book. Let's get into this because it is wild. I'm excited to take you guys on this journey. Book three ended with her being buried and her like absorbing the stone. She came back to life and the last sentence was Hudson getting mad at Jackson, saying to get away from his mate. So that's where we end the book. We're like, what is her mate? How did that happen? So many questions. We're going to figure out all those answers in this book. I'm excited to tell you. So um, then it goes to five days later. They are actually getting ready to go to Xavier's funeral, which Xavier was a werewolf that helped them with the dragon Boneyard, and he died during the Unkillable Beast, and he was dating Macy, kind of. Like, they really, really liked each other. So, Macy is having a hard time. Uh, And then it jumps to three weeks later. So, she's having a conversation with Macy, and she's like, girl, you got to, like, figure out the two boys like they're just hanging on like you gotta like ease the ease their worry like they're just waiting for her to do something basically to choose so she wants to figure out how she is mated to Hudson she knows that she has feelings for him but she wants to know like how that happened because she was just mated to Jackson so she's not sure where everything went wrong basically Um, which we realize, and I'm going to kind of do these reminders for you guys, what all she has gone through in the last six months. Literally, this has all happened in the last six months. So I can see why she wants to avoid conflict and just wants to kind of ease her mind for a minute, like have a break. But of course she doesn't get a break. So this is kind of the list of what she has gone through during the short time. So her parents died. She moved to Alaska, she finds out about supernaturals, then she mates to Jackson, then she finds out she's a gargoyle, then she goes into the Ludera's tournament, she wins a seat on the circle, she dies, she's then made it to Hudson, but she is still dating Jackson because she still has feelings for him. So that's kind of like everything that's going on. Very, very, um, not detailed, of course, because if you've been following along since the beginning, you kind of already know these details. Her and Hudson have been researching the mating bond more and more, and everyone is just kind of clueless. They really don't know where to start, where to look, Just and everything's trying. everyone's trying to help them, of course, because no one's ever gone through this situation. And they did find out that mating bonds can only be severed by death. Literally nothing else. Like, it's the law of nature. Nothing can break them. And with her and Jackson's, it was broke through a spell. Remember Cole? He was that really mean werewolf guy. He's the one that broke the bond of them. He had that spell. So they're wondering, how did the bloodletter have that spell? Because the blood letter, remember, I'm going to remind you a couple of times, like, throughout this, different reminders from the last books. Anyways, um... Remember the blood letter gave the spell to Jackson to break the bond because he was feeling really guilty. But then he threw that spell away and Cole found that spell and was convinced through Cyrus, who's the vampire king, to break the bond and ruin everything. So they're like, how did the blood letter know this? Like, what's happening? Um, The next day, Jackson actually asks her to talk after lunch with like all their friends and he's saying like everything has changed like I don't want to keep going with this basically and you deserve better and he he breaks up with her which is kind of like a low ball move like she still wants to date him she wants to be together and he's like no you're not happy like you you deserve better and he just disappears basically so she's very upset obviously so she has like a lot of inner turmoil going on for like the next week she basically doesn't leave her room except for like classes so she finally decides like hey I need to get ready for finals graduation is coming up I'm gonna go to the library and study so she goes to the library and Hudson is actually there and she gets pretty mad at him because she's like, she she calls him out for him ignoring her and treating her this certain way. And they have an argument about mating bonds and they're bickering and it just kind of goes on. And it, it, I'm like, okay, what's happening? Like, why are you arguing about this stuff? But she just is very confused about a lot. And she straight up asks him, like, what happened during those four months that they were in her head while she was stoned. Like what happened? And he's like, I'll tell you whatever you want to know. Like, I am not afraid to tell you the truth. I don't keep secrets. Like just ask me. And so she asked him a couple questions, like what stories she told him or secrets. And, and he tells her everything like very, very inner secrets that she had. He knew like they, I guess, talked a lot and really trusted each other. And, started to have feelings for each other during those four months. And so he knew basically everything about her. And she has a hard time asking about him, and he gets upset about it. But she's like, you know what? I know you had a really bad childhood, and I don't want to bring up those memories for you because I know you'd probably have a hard time. Like, I'm trying to be very sensitive about this. And he's like, oh... I mean, And I, that makes sense. Like he thought that she just didn't really want to get to know him. But she was actually very like considerate of what he's gone through when he was younger. She asked him if he wants to break the bond. He asks her back, will that make you happy? Because I am here for you to be happy. And he asked, he also says to her like, I know you're trying to avoid conflict and crucial conversations, but if you wait too long... Then you will only have the hard choices to make. That's when she realizes, like, yes, they are all confused because the situation is literally like no other. No one has dealt with these mating bonds breaking, and they're all just trying to figure it out, which is very understandable. And it, it's kind of hard to to know that she didn't realize that, f- oh, for a while, like she just barely realizing that. Yes, they're all confused, like. They probably put on a front or something. I mean, how could you not put on a front? Like, they're all trying to figure out their lives. And with this war brewing and everything like that, like, they just, no one, no one knows what to do at this point, which is completely understandable. And that's when she tells Hudson that her and Jackson broke up. And he is very taken aback by it, honestly. And she's like, Okay, like I am out. Like I don't, I don't want to deal with you basically right now. And he, he stops her, and he's like, "Did you realize that your bond with Jackson looked different? Because let me explain this. So in Grace's head, I don't know if it's kind of like her subconscious or, like, she closes her eyes. But just imagine, like, she closes her eyes and she can see these strings. So there is." like a string in her head of gargoyle so that one is great and she's like subconsciously able to pull it and it turns her into a gargoyle and then there's like her mating bond which the one with her and jackson was green and black like intertwined and then her and hudson's is a solid bright blue so she doesn't have the one with jackson anymore we already know that but she sees like these strings in her head that she is able to use to control or send love down the bond or send feelings. You got to get what I'm saying. So they decide that because they still don't really know anything about the bond and the blood letter was able to break it, they need to go visit her. The next day after class, Grace goes to Jackson's room to see about him going to the blood letter with them. And she actually sees that he's packing. And he is kind of rude to her and he's like, yeah, I need to go to the vampire court for the weekend because I need to keep an eye on the king and queen just to see what they're up to and see what plans that they are figuring out. And she tells him, OK, well, we're going to go to the blood letter like me and Hudson. We're going to figure this out. And he's very hesitant, but he actually gives her like the exact location and instructions on how they can get there. So that night, I believe, they travel to the Bloodletter, her and Hudson. They get there, they get through all the different spells and wards and things like that. And Hudson and the Bloodletter are bickering immediately. Like they just kind of go off. She's like, okay, well, how can I help you guys, basically? And Grace is like, well, as you can see, me and Hudson are bonded. And the blood letter is actually very confused and very surprised. She says, okay, I'm guessing you're here because you want to break the bond. And is that what you really want? And Hudson says that he just wants his brother and Grace to be happy, that repairing the bond will make them happy. And Grace kind of looks at him like, oh, like, is this what I really want? She, she questions things. And because it's basically put right in front of her, like, oh, you want to break it? Like, okay. They straight up ask the blood letter about the bond, obviously. And she said, I knew how to break yours with Jackson because I'm the one who created it. What? What? Like, WTF what? <laughs> like, are you shook as I am shook? When I first read this, I was like, I knew it. I knew so. Actually, I didn't know it, but like something was suspicious I mean you were getting suspicious by this point right like she couldn't have two bonds how was she able to have a bond with Jackson and then it would be broken and everyone's saying like "Ah, uh, no, that's literally not possible according to the law of nature I mean come on and so I mean I didn't super think that they could create it but I mean I didn't really know this world when I read it so yes the bloodletter created this bond with her and jackson and i'm going to tell you like the little story that the bloodletter tells her and and hudson that 19 years ago a coven of witches came in the middle of the night like during the worst snowstorm to hit alaska in like nearly 50 years so they're pretty terrified and desperate and they were worried for the fate of their coven and the world um they wanted help with bringing back like the gargoyles but it had been over a thousand years since one was born and nearly that long since one had roamed the earth and without the balance that they bring the paranormal world it was rapidly spinning out of control and grace's father was actually one of the witches he's called it like a warlock and a warlock the bloodletter actually talked to grace's mother who wasn't a witch but the bloodletter could tell and sense The magic within her mom. Which I'm like, okay, there's another comment about her mom. Like, what magic she got in her? And so the bloodletter agreed to help the witches, but asked for a favor in return. And she said that she wanted the new gargoyle to be mated to Jackson. Grace is like, wait, what? Like, I didn't have a choice? Like, this is kind of cheating. And Hudson is really upset, of course, because he's like... You affected four people's lives. And Grace is like, wait, four? He's like, yeah, like your destined mate, which is me, and Jackson's real mate. And Grace never thought about it that way. So she like starts to feel kind of terrible about it and says like, wait, were we forced? Like what was happening? The letter letter was like, no, there was always a choice. She said um, they were destined to mate with each other, but until they touched and refused, like, they would be off to go see their new mates or whatever. Like, that didn't kind of make sense. But basically, like, she had it be predetermined that they would meet, but if they didn't want the bond or if they weren't open to it and, like, they touched, then they wouldn't be mates. Like, they had a choice. And then they would be free to go about and find their actual mate. But if they were open to it and really wanted it, then they would be mated. And obviously that's what happened is that they wanted the mate. She later tells Grace that she knew, even talking to Grace's parents, that Grace would be of utmost importance. And Grace asks her, like, how do you know that? And the blood letter says, this is kind of important because I think it kinda of ties in at the end, but she says, because of who you are. That's I mean that's all she says, but like it, it makes sense at the end. I'll tell I'll tell you why it makes sense at the end. But just remember that because of who you are. The blood letter goes on and says that like there might be a way to break the bond. Like literally maybe. Like she really has no idea maybe break the bond so what they need to do is find the crown which cyrus the vampire king has been trying to find the crown for a long time like centuries and he still hasn't been able to find it so they're like oh yeah that's kind of a lost cause and the crown gives them like infinite power and she says like you know the unkillable beast might be able to know where it is like honestly we we really don't know And they're like, okay, well, what do we need to do, basically? She's like, go to the unkillable beast. You need to turn him human. And they're like, okay, well, how do we turn him human? And she's like, well, you need to unshackle him. They're like, okay, well, none of our magic worked on the shackles. Like, how do we unshackle him? And she's like, well, you need to find the blacksmith that created them. They're like, okay, like, where do we find the blacksmith? And she's like, I don't know. Like... (laughs) He was a giant, maybe go to like the, the city of giants. And they're like, oh my gosh. So it's kind of like just this chase that they're on for something that might lead them to the crowd. And they're like, well, we don't really have any other leads. So maybe we should. They leave, go back to the school and Hudson finds her food. They they watch a movie. They actually have a really nice time and she le- actually leans over to him and she asks if he chose her um, when when they mated, like if he, if he did choose her. And I freaking love this sentence. He says, how could I not want to be mated to my best friend? I've known you were incredible from the first day we met. I mean, can, does that not pull your heartstrings? Like anytime, I don't know why this gets me and I don't know if it really affects anyone else. But anytime my husband says, like, oh, you're my best friend. And, I mean, he, of course, like, says other things. But I don't know why. I'm just like, we're best friends. Like, my husband is my best friend. I don't know why. That just, like, warms my heart. I don't know if it, I mean, again, I don't know if anyone else cares. But, like, just that sentence of him saying, like, how could I not want to be mated to my best friend? It just, my heart melts. It melts. I freaking love Hudson. I'm 100% Hudson on Hudson's side. I can't talk. I'm 100% on Hudson's side. And I hope you are too. Because we don't really like Jackson right now. He broke up with her. He's kind of mean. She asks him, what if we don't go after the crown? What if we still, like, we still need to unlock the beast. But what if we take it slow? Like, what if we don't go after the crown? That's basically saying that she doesn't want to break their bond. And he's like, yes, absolutely. I love that. And they are literally about to kiss when there's a knock on the door, and it's Jackson and he's back from the vampire court, and he tells Hudson, there is an order out for your arrest when you leave campus. One, he can't leave campus, and two, they're actually about to graduate in a little while, like in a in a week, maybe two weeks, and he'll have to leave campus after that. So they're like, "Great, now we're facing a prison sentence for Hudson." What do we do now? So they come up with their plan with their friend group that they need to go to the giant's city, like the city of giants, to be able to find this blacksmith. So Macy actually is able to create a portal there with some different crystals and stones that she learned about. It is in Northern California in like the Redwoods, which kind of makes sense because if you've ever been there, those are some really big-ass trees. (laughs) Like, really big. So it's like, yeah, that would make sense that that's the City of Giants. Of course, the City of Giants is hidden. It has, like, a lot of magic around it, and the location, like, moves all the time of where it kind of is located via magic. Of course, magic can do anything. And so they are able to find it, and they are met by guards. Uh, Fortunately, the princess of the giants she comes and finds them and is like come on like let's go like we're having this big festival we're having all these vendors eating stuff like that so they decide to all split up try and find this blacksmith or try and find some clues of what they need to do and grace and hudson are able to figure out where the blacksmith's wife is. And so they meet up with the group again after a couple hours and go to the wife's house. So they can immediately tell something is wrong because the house just looks kind of diseased. It looks very sick, not healthy, and they can hear crying from up in the tree which they live in trees they're able to get the wife's attention which she's very very sad and they learn that the husband or the blacksmith his name is Vander that he is actually in the paranormal prison it's like this very big prison we'll learn about he has been in there for a thousand years because the the vampire king betrayed him basically the the Basically Cyrus went to Vander and did this whole big story about like the unkillable beast how if they didn't get shackles for him quick enough then the beast is going to come after Vander's family and even though the wife and all their friends and family were trying to convince him like no this isn't right like he he's manipulating you it's not real like Vander was basically under a spell that was like freaked out Because he didn't want the beast to come after his family. So once he makes the shackles and they put it on the beast, that's when the king accuses him of treason and puts him in that prison. And so she's been out without her mate for over a thousand years. And that is very not good. I mean, imagine being tethered to another person's soul and being away for that long. Like, it's pretty devastating. And so the wife is still she's holding on. She has a hard time. And so they're like, "We're we're going to get him back for you. Like we're we're going to find him." They make it back to the school. They figure out that they need to go to the Dragon Court because someone there, they heard a story that someone there was able to escape the prison. So they need to figure out how to get Vander out of the prison. The next day, the whole group is studying. And because they're all about to graduate, except for Macy. She's a year younger. Um, But they're all about to graduate, do finals. And they have this big study group. and, And later towards the night, they all leave except for Grace and Hudson. And that's the first time where they actually like make out and it's a very nice scene i i enjoyed it very much because up until this point nothing has really happened like literally nothing has happened between them and yes there were a couple scenes in like the first book a little bit in the second book with her and jackson but nothing else so i've been like screaming in my head the past couple books like where is the spice i need spice I'm not used to this this little of spice, which I'm so glad that the story is good. I'm so glad that the characters are good because it's making up for it because my heart is like, hi, spice, please. I, I need it so much. Um, Give me something. So this gives me a little taste, which is fine. I can get my spice in other books and I just really enjoy the storyline. So that's my little spiel. And so they make out and it's really great and I loved it. And that's when later that day, I think, or the next day, I'm not sure timeline on days. But Flint actually invites them all to the dragon court, which they have this celebration called the wyvern horde, wyvern horn. I know a wyvern, wyvern, W-Y-V-E-R-N. I know that's a type of dragon-ish bird creature that's like a really, really low scale of... A dragon. <laughs> I That was really not a good description, but it's a woven horde. I'm just going to kind of mumble it so you kind of think that I know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's a feast of fortune, so they celebrate it every year, and they're all like, yeah, yeah, let's all go. So they're all invited. They portal there, and they figure out that it's in New York, which is really cool, and the dragons are very big on their hoard, like their stash. They, they treasure treasures. And they are really good savers. So they have like a lot of property and a lot of like investments. And they just love their jewels. So they get there. Uh, they get into the building of where they're going to be staying. And immediately, uh, Flint's mom arrests Hudson. Because remember that Hudson actually killed her firstborn. Uh, So Flint's brother and everyone is super pissed. And so they take Hudson and they're all very angry at Flint because they find out that he actually knew what was going to happen. Nuri, which is Flint's mom, is saying like, no, he killed my son. And everyone's defending Hudson because they're like, no, your son was a piece of trash He wanted to help the genocide. He was on Cyrus's side. Like Hudson was trying to stop him. Like your son was actually a really horrible person. And so she, the dragon queen Nuri, she's upset about that. And they all are like, well, just show us to our rooms. And, And that's when Nuri and Grace actually meet and they have a conversation. They argue. They make a treaty and alliance because as of this point, I think I've said it, but Grace is going to be the Gargoyle Queen. And because Hudson is her mate and he is going to be the Gargoyle King and they're going to be on the circle and Nuri needs the alliances. She needs the allies to help her because she doesn't like Cyrus either uh obviously he's like freaking made enemies out of everyone all gets forgiven kind of nuri gives grace the key to hudson's chamber like his his dungeon they find out that nuri knows about this lady called the crone which is a super old witch lady i think and how that she might know how to get out of the prison um and that a lot of the time mates choose to go in with their mate to the prison so that they don't have to be far away from them. So that gets Grace really thinking about everything. Um, That night they have a very, very beautiful experience, beautiful night at this horde or this event because it's very extravagant. They're able to kind of just forget about everything that's happening in the other world, like real world basically. And, they have, they have a great time with all of their friends, and they're still kind of a little miffed at Flint and his mom, but they they just have a very, very nice time. Like, Luca, which is Flint's boyfriend, is able to meet Flint's parents, which is kind of cool. Like, he was nervous to meet them. Um, that night, her and Hudson get spicy. Like, they, they don't make toast. There really isn't very much of any description grace the whole time is actually saying like it's just the bond it's just the bond like i know it's the bond and she actually says that out loud and hudson is like oh, okay like i can live with that so she just thinks that it's the bond like basically coercing coercing uh persuading her i that's probably the right word i don't know She just thinks that she's being influenced by the Bond to do this with Hudson and that it's not actually her actually thinking it and doing it, which is kind of messed up. And Hudson's like, oh, okay, like I'm just good with anything, you know, which I mean, yeah. So in the morning, they actually fight about it. And that's when Hudson tells her that he loves her and she kind of freaks out about it. But then they come to an understanding and I'm pretty sure they make toast. Like, I'm pretty sure, but really there's like a fade to black. Nothing is described very much. So I'm like, ugh, fine, I won't know if they actually did. I won't know any details, whatever, not butthurt about it. <laughs> but later that day, Jackson actually finds them. And he says that he was summoned back to the vampire court um, and to talk to like their mom and everything and their mom actually said appear weak when you are strong so they honestly don't know what that means they don't know if the queen vampire is on their side if she's not like they just really don't know but she says to tell Hudson appear weak when you are strong From that point, they're at this school, I think, for a day, I want to say, and then they fly to the Crone. So, because Macy hasn't been there before, she's not able to transport them, so they all fly on the dragons. So, they come up to this island, which is a very beautiful kind of plantation house, it sounds like, but very gingerbread house-ish, like Hansel and Gretel vibes, they're saying, um, they meet her. She looks very young, and she invites them into their house, which they are walking into the house, and then she, like, screams at Jackson, like, no, no soulless creature can walk into my house, and they are very confused, like, uh, how is he soulless? Like, what, what's happening? So they're like, okay, stay out here. Um, They go in, and she tells them this, like, big, long story, the origins of vampires, and origin of the gargoyles and it's very interesting um and she tells them like she will provide safe passage for three people from the prison in exchange for a favor that she'll ask one day of grace and grace is immediately like yeah okay cool cool like you'll get us out and everyone's like no what are you doing and she's like whatever um and that's when she like puts her hand in this water and she gets imprinted with three flowers on Grace's hand, like uh, like a tattoo. So she has these, like, three flowers on her hand. And they're all like, okay, that was kind of a weird situation. Don't really know what to do. They go back to school. Jackson actually has a freak out. We learn that he's soulless because their mating bond broke their souls. So her, him and Grace... Their souls were broken, but Grace's immediately latched onto Hudson's, and so she was okay. But Jackson's is basically just floating out there, and he's going to die. And I think I already explained this because that's sounding very familiar, unless I'm going really insane, but I'm pretty sure I explained it. Um, but yeah, he is basically going soulless, and so he is freaking out. He is causing these scenes, just acting out because he is not able to control himself. Um, they graduate that week and the King and Queens, all of the King and Queens are there. Um, once they kind of walk out of the ceremony, they're all gathered, there talking. And that's when Nuri arrests Hudson. Like, she's like, oh, you're under arrest. Like, you're going to prison. And he's like, uh, okay. And Grace is like, well, I'm his mate. Like, I'm his mate. I am going with him. And they're like okay well i guess we're arresting grace as well and her uncle is like freaking out he's like no 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 like you, this can't happen she's like it's okay like we have a plan um and so they're about to be taken away but that's when cyrus actually steps up and says that last night the circle had like an emergency meeting and nuri was like wait i wasn't in that emergency meeting and he's like, yeah, we decided that we need to arrest another person. And he calls for them to arrest Flint, which is Nuri's son, th- because on his attempted attack on Grace in, that, in the first book when he was helping Leah. So basically Cyrus is double-crossing Nuri again, and she's so mad. So she like is able to hug Flint before they take him. And says, ask for Remy. And then she says, atone for your sins. Which we're like, ugh. Okay. I don't know what that means, but whatever. So they arrive at this prison. And it's very, very intense. They ask for Remy. They are put into his cell block. We learn that Remy is a witch. But he was actually born in the prison. Um, his mom had him like in the prison. And he dreams the future so he actually foresaw Grace coming um, and knows kind of what they need to do to get out because he can see himself getting out with a flower he knows all about the flowers on her um, and we also meet Calder which is, she is a manticore they've been in the same cell for a really long time they know each other very well so basically as they come up with the plan both of them are like yeah we're both getting out with you and they're like okay well We only have three flowers and there's six of us because they have to get the blacksmith out as well. They find out that the blacksmith is in the pit. He has a forge because, of course, he's like the best blacksmith in the whole world. They're going to use his skills at the forge. Basically how this prison works, it's all about being the judge, jury, and executioner for the prisoners. And it works on kind of like a lottery system. So it sounds like every nine days, you put your name into this lottery to be chosen. And if you are chosen, then you go through this really like nightmarish torture, I guess you could say. I'll explain it in just a minute. If you get chosen and then you have a chance to go to the pit which that's where the that's where the blacksmith is and so they're like okay like we we need to get chosen that's fine so they put their names in the lottery and they get chosen and they are put in there on night 3 so they didn't have to go through all 9 days but they get chosen and then they get chosen and then they get chosen they get chosen All six nights. Remy was saying that does not happen. Even two nights in a row, even like a couple times around, it does not happen. Something is out to get them, basically. Like, did Cyrus pay the prison? Something happened. What happens is that a certain time in the day, if you get chosen, the prisoner is taken into this nightmare. And they have to live their nightmare over and over and over for an hour. And that's how they need to atone. I don't know what they really need to figure out. Grace is kept out of these nightmares with Remy because he's a witch and he doesn't have anything to atone for. So he keeps her out of these nightmares. So she's watching these three people. So Hudson and Flint and Calder go through this nightmare Night after night after night. And you can tell it is just traumatizing them. It is just messing with their mind. They are really being tortured through those nightmares. After, I believe, after every time they go into this nightmare, they have a chance to go to the Hex, which the Hex is where they interact with different prisoners. It's kind of like their free time. And they can win money, they can fight, they can just do anything that they need to. And so Remy tells them, like, hey, it's going to be really expensive to get us all out, or the three out, we need to win some money. And so they, they do fights, they do gambling, they do anything that they can to get all of this money. And again, six nights in a row. On the sixth night before, like, they go to the pit grace is actually able to get into hudson's nightmare and so she is able to see what he is imagining over and over and over and basically it's him turning into a monster and attacking her killing her and she is able to get in there and convince him and show him that he is not a monster that it is a nightmare and so he is able to come out of that nightmare early and she helps him and talks him through just the whole nightmare and how it's not plausible And just really helps bring him back into himself. So that night, they are able to go to the pit. And they have 12 hours to get out of prison. Because if they don't get out in 12 hours, they have to start those nine days over again until they can get to the pit. And the pit is basically this place where merchants come in from the outside and sell their wares. So again, there's six of them that need to get out. They only have three flowers. And they need to find the giant, um, and they do. They find him in in the forge, and they convince him that they are wanting to get out. He thinks that they're lying until they really tell him about his wife. And, like, no, we really know what we're doing. We really are trying to get you out, and we need you to make a key for the Unkillable beast shackles. He's like, okay, I can do that in six hours. And once I escape with you, then I'll give you that key. And they're like, okay. Um, So once those six hours come up, they go back to him. Actually, during those six hours, Grace and Remy go and Grace gets this tattoo that is actually able to hold magic and can basically siphon magic and is a conduit um because Remy was like no in my vision you had this tattoo like i know exactly what it needs to be and when they get into the tattoo shop the tattoo lady was like actually like Remy your mom paid for this tattoo and gave us the design like she knew exactly what was, what was going to happen so that's kind of cool um so again they go back to the forge and tell him the plan and Vander's like give me one of those flowers like i want to eat one of those flowers so he does And nothing happens. And he's like, you guys tricked me. I don't think I explained it, but the flowers are supposed to make you basically stop breathing but keep you alive. And so the guards think that you're dead. They take you out. You're escaped, basically. Um, And so nothing happens with him. That's when Calder takes one. And she's like, no, we're not lying. We're not tricking you. She takes one. She passes out. So they have to basically carry her. And they got to go with plan B which plan B is this shady guy called Chiron. And he says that he owns the prison or is the boss of it. I don't really know. He didn't explain it very well. He's kind of like a mob boss. So basically he says, no, you guys don't have enough money to like take everyone out. And he says like if Grayson Hudson fights his guards, then they can get double the money and they can get out. So they make this bargain and it's a really really hard fight. Like Grace almost dies. It's a very difficult time. And Grace in that fight basically realizes that she loves Hudson and she tells him. They are able to defeat the guards um and they all go back to Chiron saying like, "Hey, this is the deal. Like you got to let us out." Um, and Chiron was like, well, you only said five, like I can get you five people out. And they're like, wait, what? Like what's happening? But Remy negotiated for five people to get out because he said in his dream that he gets out with a flower. So he's going to be staying behind with a flower because it's not his time yet. And they're like, uh, okay. Um, well, like let's, let's get out. So they are able to get out of the prison. Yay. It's supposed to be like a cursed prison. Nobody ever gets out, but they got out. Hallelujah! You just never know. It's kind of an intense situation, and Vander gives them the key, and then he goes home, which I'm so freaking happy because like his wife was without him for a thousand years. Like, oh my gosh! So he's able to go home, see his daughters who he's never seen before. Just happy day, happy day. And Macy and the others that were actually able to find them like right outside of the prison because they've been waiting for them to get out. They just knew that they would get out. We also learn, I don't know who, like, if someone just barely found out or they knew right when they got out of um, the prison, but they learn that Cyrus is actually marching on the unkillable beast that night. And they're, like, freaking out. They're, like, okay, well, we need to get to him. Like, we got to fight. Like, something needs to happen. So they portal to the island. And Nuri and the dragons are already there waiting. So they're like, okay, like, let's go up to the beast. Let's do this. All of a sudden, there's, like, this explosion. These witches and werewolves are on Cyrus's side, and they were doing, like, a a cloaking spell, basically. And so it's, like, a really big fight, like, really, really big fight. The dragons are there. Some vampires are there because it's, like, the vampires, witches, and werewolves are all on one side, And so it's honestly, basically the dragons that are just trying to fight. And then this group is fighting as well. Um, Just pandemonium everywhere. And Flint actually loses a leg. And he literally is about to die. And in order to protect him, Luca, his boyfriend, is like fighting around him. And Luca dies, which honestly, I cried when I first read it. Because I just, it was really sad. Like, do you ever get so invested in characters that when either their significant other dies or they die, like, you are heartbroken? Like, I am heartbroken for Flint. I'm just, I mean, I know, I mean, I hope, I'm going to say I hope that him and Jackson are, like, can be together but also, Jackson is losing his soul, and he is getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And Jackson says, you know what? I'm about to die anyways. Take all of my magic to save Flint, because Flint's about to die. Like, he lost his leg. His other leg is about to, like, come off, and he, he's dying. And Jackson's like, take my magic. I am about to die. Give it to Flint. And it's just like a heartbreaking moment because I'm like, oh, my gosh, Jackson's about to die, too. Like Flint is going to lose like his two loves. I I was devastated. Um, The battle finally ends um, when Hudson like he basically goes out there and puts on the show. And you remember that his mom said, appear weak when you are strong or appear strong when you are weak, or you could do the opposite. And so that's what Hudson does. He appears strong when he is weak and freaks out the witches and the vampires and werewolves, and so they flee. And so the battle ends, and that's when Nuri uh, comes over to her son, and they're all just devastated because Jackson died. And she's like, no, I need to fix this. I need to fix this. Like, you, you protected my son... Like, I need to fix this. So she actually turns into her dragon and takes out her dragon heart. Which when a dragon does that, um, they basically can't turn into a dragon again. And so she takes out that heart, turns back into a human, and gives Jackson her dragon heart. And he comes back alive. And now she is not able to turn into a dragon. She's the dragon queen, And she can't be a dragon anymore. She gave that up for Jackson because he sacrificed his life for Flint. And it's just more heartbreak, more devastation. I mean, you're glad that Jackson is alive. But also it's like, what else is going to happen? Like, But there's more. Honestly, there's there's just a little bit more. Uh, So they go up to the Unkillable Beast cave. And they are able to free him, and he shifts immediately to a human. and he's pretty disoriented. I mean, he's been a gargoyle for like, mm, like stone like for like a thousand years. So I mean, mm, who else wouldn't be disoriented, you know? Um, and he doesn't really understand grace because he was from a way different era, like way different era. And so they're trying to like speak to him and they ask him about the crown and he goes, no, no, no crown, no crown, no crown. like her crown, her crown, her. Like, must give crown to her, must protect crown her. Like, he's just kind of saying nonsense, but also it kind of makes sense. And they're all like, okay, who is her? Like, who gets this crown? Does someone else have this crown? Like, um, and so Grace is kind of like picking up what he's saying. And she says like, okay, like, I will protect her. If you tell me who she is, like, I will protect her. And he asks, like, you will protect her. And she says, yes, I will. If you tell me how to get the crown, I will give it to her as soon as I save my friends. And he says, like, you promise, like, give her the crown to protect her. And he says, like, mate, like, give mate crown. And Grace is like, she's your mate. Like, okay, like, you want to protect your mate. And he understands that. And he shakes her hand and then just takes off. Like, he starts running. And so... She turns her hand around, and she has a crown tattooed on her palm. So they found the crown. They're like, we we need to go home. Like, we found the crown. We need to go home. Like, we we just, it's been a long time, a long day, long week. Like, let's just go home. So they are actually able to find the gargoyle before they go to the portal because they're on an island. They're able to find him. They take them with them. When they get back to the school, they realize it was ransacked. Everyone is gone. It's a mess. They realize that what happened on the island was a diversion. And the real battle was people were getting taken from the school. Kids and teachers and students, everyone was getting taken from the school. They they figure that Cyrus wanted to kidnap all of the kids of like prominent members and hold them until he gets what he wants, so that he can have absolute control, because he is a freaking psychopath. That's when they're trying to come up with a plan, like, okay, are we, he basically, like, called war, like. The gargoyle turns and points to Grace and says, she can save us. Okay, are you ready for this next part? Because it's the end. It's actually Hudson's point of view, like, the last chapter is Hudson's point of view. And it goes to when, like, the gargoyle says, like, she can save us. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. Hudson says, I can't help thinking I need to talk to Grace. If this is going the way I think it is, it's probably time I tell her what I saw that night in the laundry room all those weeks ago. I think it's time I tell her about her emerald green string. <gasps> oh, okay. OK. 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 But like she has another string and he knows that she has another string. I don't know if she can see that another string or if she just hasn't noticed it. Maybe it's hidden. I don't know. But Hudson was in her head. He could see these strings. He knows something. He knew something was wrong with Jackson and hers strings because they were intertwined and it wasn't a solid color like her and his was. And he saw an emerald green string. What is that string? I literally do not know because I have not started the fourth book. What, what is that string? I mean, hypothesis? Could we do a hypothesis? Um, I don't know. Could it have to do with her mom's magic? Like, what is she? What is she? She, I know she has earth magic because gargoyles are made of the earth. But I literally don't know if, like, another race, like a Supernatural, is going to be coming into play. I don't know if she is just going to be the all-end-all of races. I don't know. I I literally have no clue what it could be. Like, I don't even know how to speculate about this stuff. If you have any ideas, please tell me. (laughs) Because... I am so... Honestly, I'm very nervous to start the fourth book. Like, I think it's more giddy than nervous because I'm just so excited to find out. And you guys are going to find out next week on the fourth book and podcast... What are we at? Podcast 18 next week. I think this is 17. But if you don't want to wait, there are the books. You can always read the books. And I still... I I know I'm going to say this every single episode. I recommend you read the books because I was not able to go into very as much detail as I wanted to in these books in this podcast. I did lose I did lose a lot of detail in these, but I hope you got the gist of the story. I hope you could feel my excitement and nervousness and I just were along for the ride together you guys. And I hope you enjoyed this book. Uh, we waited a long time for this fourth book, so I'm excited to just jump right in. I mean, yes, uh, and it gets us closer to the next releases of other books that we want out. I just, I actually am really enjoying doing series, and let me know if you guys enjoy when I do, like, books and series as well, because I... I like doing the very kind of brief summaries, but I really like getting into the details as well. And I hope you do too. And I hope it's kind of easier for you if you don't have time to like read the books, for me to just go over these um, and and talk about them because, y'all, I I mean I'm gonna go back and I just wanted to do, to be spicy. I really did, because I think I think that's just what I'm used to. And I wish there could be a little bit of spice, but when you think about it, they are in high school, so I'm okay. I get it. Um, That's why, I mean, this is completely like random-ish, but that's why I have a hard time watching Euphoria because uh, they're in high school and it just, um, I watched the second episode and there was a lot of penises and I just could not do it. Uh, So I don't know if you recommend Euphoria. I just couldn't do it. Maybe I just need to skip through it, but it was just not for me. Because they're in high school. So maybe that's why there wasn't very much Spice. Because, I mean, they are in high school. But is whatever. Kind of went on a tangent. It's fine. I'm just really excited. And no one has really been hyping this book up on Book Talk. I mean, they talk about the series. But no one's really talking about, like, the individual books. So I think I need to do a TikTok on it. Um, but I don't know. I haven't decided yet. But... Anyways, I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Make sure you like and follow and subscribe and rate and review because that really, really helps me out. Um, and yeah, I'm just really excited for this fourth book. That's what I'm going to be doing this whole week. Who cares about work, right? I don't need a job. I just need to read. <laughs> please don't, please don't tell my coworkers or or my boss. It's fine. Actually, he probably already knows. Anyways, I love you guys. Grateful for you guys. Follow me on TikTok and Instagram. And let's get reading.